0: to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church located in Chelsea Alabama we value community fellowship and love for people from all walks of life for more information find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook
1: and I'd like to add a scripture reading to ours uh, which would be our main text from Galatians chapter 4 so if you do have Bibles, or if um, your phone is handy and you want to follow along, we will be in Galatians after we read from Joel and Isaiah. Listen carefully, this is God's word. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locusts, my great army that I sent among you. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing, and now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland. This is the word of the Lord. Now, if I could add to that reading from Galatians chapter 3, Chapter 3, verse 26, and then into chapter 4, verse 7. So in Christ Jesus, you all are children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there any male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he's no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father so also when we were underage we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world but when the set time had come God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child, and since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Let's pray together. Lord God, we ask now that in these few moments in your word, before we come to the table, that you would speak to us of your grace and mercy, And our relationship with you might be defined by that grace and mercy in ways that are powerful life-changing and transformative we pray this in the name of God the Father Son and Holy Spirit amen part of the Christmas and Epiphany story is this very simple creed that Paul draws on that in the fullness of time God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. He sent his spirit so that we would be able to be the sons and daughters of God. Now, don't let sons throw you off here. Paul is is not making a gender-specific comment with sons. But he's saying that the status of our relationship with God the Father is as good as firstborn sons in the kingdom of God. This is not a gender specific comment. This is a description of the kind of relationship we have with God because he sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law this is a great adoption story to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship Uh, this means a whole lot to Virginia and myself because uh, our two boys are adopted and then unexpectedly our third came along our daughter But adoption has always meant a a great deal to us, of course, because of this. And it's, you know, I think it's a a working analogy that the Lord gave to us that makes this kind of relationship with himself all that much more important. When we were living in Toronto and our both boys were adopted in Toronto, um, we had gone through the whole process and uh, Jeremiah was our first, and then Andrew was second. And we've always wanted to kind of have a conversation about, so adoption wasn't a secret, obviously. Adoption was just something important, and we talked about it. Jeremiah, our oldest, was uh, both were baby adoptions, but Jeremiah grew up in a context of, and he was aware of adoption, talked about adoption. Uh, But Andrew had never said anything about adoption. He was two years old, and, you really had never shown any interest when the subject came up of adoption, and uh, until one wintry day in Toronto, when Virginia was along with uh, the two boys and she was pregnant with Kennerly, had walked to the grocery store and were walking home. We had one car at that time, and I was 26 miles away at school, and uh, she was walking home with the bags of groceries. She was holding two heavy ones. Jeremiah was holding one. He was three, four. And Andrew was uh, two, walking behind with the lightest bag. And suddenly, he put the bag down. He said, I don't have to do this. I'm adopted. (laughs) And that's the first time we had ever realized that He was even aware and cognizant of adoption. And Virginia thought, well, this is a perfect teaching moment. Sort of, what do I say? And before she could say anything, Jeremiah turned around and said, adopted or not, pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) Do you and I realize that we're adopted into the family of God? because God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law. That there's a real relationship that we have with God and that Paul, by, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uses the analogy of adoption to speak of us in our relationship with God. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. In the fullness of time, uh, you know, the Pax Romana and Rome led from North Africa to, to Germany, from Spain to Syria, all of that was under Roman control. It was a wonderful time when you think of just the geopolitical situation through which to spread the gospel. But I don't know as if Paul was really thinking of that when he said in the fullness of time. I think he was thinking in terms of that long prophetic salvation history the beginning that I mean it goes all the way back but with Abraham and with Moses and with Sinai and with the giving of the law and with David and that long history that now is the time I guess the question I have in light of, in the fullness of time, the prophecies being fulfilled, Isaiah's suffering servant, uh, the notion that uh, he, David's words from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken, all of that sort of pointing in the direction that God was going to do something and do something unique in order to bring us into his family. But is that today? Thought to be kind of behind the times in the fullness of time God sent forth his son well is that still true today that the gospel speaks in the 21st century as well as it did in the first century I mean many in the world today I think sort of think that uh, the hope is in the future so you have billionaires thinking that our hope is resettling or settling Mars or finding some sort of place in space or the cure for cancer or artificial intelligence or that the hope is in the future but this creed in Galatians in the fullness of time God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law is that Center to all of history is that incarnational life of Jesus, the Christ. That that's the pivot. That's the center. So it's not a linear progression where the answer comes off somehow in the future that we haven't arrived at, that's going to solve and save. But the Christ at the center of history has brought that salvation to us in the fullness of time God sent forth his son born of a woman now what does that phrase in that early creed signify but that God himself became human taking upon himself all that is involved in humanity to redeem every aspect of humanity in all of our weakness, all of our frailty, everything except sin experienced by the incarnate one. The humility of God to do it that way. And I know at Christmas time we emphasize that humility with the manger and the stable and and the, the shepherds and the poverty of it all. But fundamentally Jesus takes on where God had created his image bearers he takes it upon himself totally in the flesh bodily to redeem every aspect of life born under the law everybody involved in the whole Christmas account was very much into the law when I think of Elizabeth and Zachariah Mary and Joseph and Anna and Simeon They were all really interested in in what God had said in Scripture, in the law, in the Psalms, in the prophets, in the law. They were really into that, and they were living a righteous, faithful, committed life. God picked these people up in their humility, in their faithfulness, and he used them. Kind of creating a family structure, as it were, through which to send the incarnate one. So that we could be adopted into the family of God. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, for the purpose to redeem those that are under the law. again like many people may have a hope in the future that our salvation comes somewhere down the line with uh, inventions and discoveries yet to be made but I also think that a lot of people feel like nobody is coming to save us but us and that's really the 21st century resolution to life as they see it. Nobody's coming to save us, but us. And that whole notion that you make yourself, you are your own brand. You create your digital presence. You have to make something of yourself. You have to decide what your gender is. You have to decide what your convictions are. You make it up. I think that's such a tremendous burden. Especially to young people today. Everything's just open. So decide. Biology doesn't come through as any kind of law that you submit to. The word of God doesn't come through. To redeem those under the law. There is one who came to save us. So the idea that no one's coming to save us but us, God responded to, I've come to save you. God sent forth his son, born of a virgin, born under the law. It's a great adoption story. On Christmas day, we were in Seattle visiting with our oldest son, Jeremiah. And I told them again, Madeline and Liam, how we came to adopt their, their father, Jeremiah. And uh, again, this is in Toronto. Uh, and uh, Virginia was working two jobs. I was teaching and studying. We came to the end of a work, work week exhausted on Friday. We were in a one-bedroom urban apartment. Uh, at one point, we had to get out of that apartment because the cockroaches were so great that they had an infestation. And a, You get the picture of this urban one-bedroom apartment. Um, we had a wonderful social worker, a grandmotherly type person who really seemed to like us and encourage us. But So Friday night arrives, and we always treated ourselves to the cheapest uh, Item on the menu at Swiss Chalet, if any of you are Canadian in background, that's a different version of Chick fil A. And uh, so every Friday night we would get that cheap chicken sandwich, talk about our life. We didn't even really talk about adoption because we thought it was sort of off in the future. And uh, we'd done through all of our uh, studies and, and all the evaluations and everything, but we didn't think the placement would come very soon. Friday night, and this is, uh, it sounds pretty prehistoric now, this is before cell phones, and they're just landlines. And uh, I was closing the door of the apartment to head out to this chicken sandwich, and the phone rang, it rang twice. I looked at Virginia as if, do I have to? And she said, well, you might as well. I went in, and it was our social worker, Where have you been? I've been trying to get you all week. This was the last time I was gonna try before I moved on to the next person on the list. Your son has been born. You can pick him up tomorrow at Women's Children, uh, Women's College Hospital in Toronto. It was the last time I was gonna try before I moved on to the next person on the list. And to me, I can't understand and tell that story without thinking of how Christ adopted me. And I hope you can't hear that story without thinking of how God in Christ has adopted you. God in his providence, in so many different ways, breaks into our lives to draw us to himself. It may seem awfully situational and circumstantial and sort of maybe kind of ad hominem, luck, but God is at work drawing us to himself. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of the law, to redeem those under the law. What it means to be adopted in Jesus Christ. You know, the story goes on. And the one who came to redeem us went to the cross and died for us. The ultimate humility was not being born. The ultimate humility was being killed. And sacrificing God in the flesh, truly God and truly man, sacrificing Himself to bring us into His family. The Christmas, you know, is a reality it's not a nostalgic sentimental fictional something to get into so I hope that uh, you can grow into a greater realization of your adopted relationship to Jesus Christ and I hope as a fellowship of believers you can somewhat learn how to adopt one another Just like Jeremiah and Kennerly adopt Andrew, Andrew to them and so forth. Uh, and last Sunday, I got a, a, an email from a, a, friend of, a friend of 30 years. And uh, he wrote this, Doug, I, I loved your Christmas card in Virginia's letter. Movingly beautiful, I've long felt a bit of an outcast in my own family. I was always too religious for my parents, who raised me, thankfully, with Sunday school and church and 12 years of religious schools, with the hope for me to be moral, but not make God the center of my life. I was also not successful enough to earn their approval and keep up with their worldly friends. I believe I would fit more naturally in some of the Christian families I know, like yours. And then he said, thank you for adopting me as you have, I mean, he's just a good friend of mine, I don't think we've adopted him, but obviously he does sense a good relationship that we feel toward him. It's possible to be raised moral. But not really be raised as an adopted child of God. So you're good, and you're nice, and you're neighborly, you're considerate, you're kind, but you don't really know that relationship with the Lord. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a virgin, born of a woman, born of the law, to redeem those
0: under the law. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook.